Hello and welcome to Sketch Therapist. It's the podcast that improves your sketch life. I am your host, Roisin Curé, and in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about drawing ghostly people in a crowded cafe, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the benefits of a creative playground. Enjoy it. Well, as you know, I like to give you little tips for sketching. And this week's tip is really quite unusual. Well, it's unusual for me. Maybe you've been doing it for ages and it's worked really well for you. But here's my problem and I'll tell you what the solution is. Problem. I'm in a cafe. It's inclement weather outside and I'm enjoying a sketch indoors. However, the cafe isn't hugely roomy and... Every time I look up at the at the lovely counter full of cakes and yummy biscuits and everything, it's got someone stood in front of it and um, standing, sorry, standing, standing in front of it. And it is and I am a little bit um, my view is a little bit blocked. So I decide, do I put the person in? It's taking up half my page. They're blocking some really nice cakes. But if you don't put them in, you can end up with a little bit of a lonely scene or you can end up with a server who looks like they're just busying themselves, not actually serving anyone. Well, I was sketching, what day is today? Sunday. I was sketching yesterday and I, Friday, and I came up with a solution to this. And here's my solution. You draw the people as they come in, but you draw them just as an outline. I know this is really obvious. You've probably done it millions of times, but you do them as an outline and you do them, you draw them before you start to paint. And Preferably use them, you draw the people in a different colour and that way they look like they are distinct beings. It also, well, it makes it very clear that they're not part of the furniture, that they're not part of the cake stand. Not that you think they, they, they were anyway, but it just seems to work really well. And the reason in a different colour and the reason I know this is because I got my guys to do this in class on Saturday and I didn't suggest what colour they would do the people. I just said, use a different colour. And one person posted something into the group that we have in a green ink. She used green rather than the shocking pink that I'd used. And it looked amazing. It looked really, really well. It was a lovely, bright, bright green. It looked excellent. So I'm going to try it again. I'm off to sketch in a cafe um, this morning with my son, Paddy, who is my sketching compadre at the moment. Um, by the way, Paddy asked me, my, I left his pencil case open the other day because I, I had pinched a pen to write something. And he saw his pencil case and he said, Mom, have you taken something from my sketchel case? And I said, yes, Paddy, I took a pen. But wasn't that a great word, sketchel, sketchel case? I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Anyway, um, Paddy and I are off to a cafe to go sketching. And I'm going to try the technique again. I am. I'm going to see how it goes. Anyway, there's not much more to tell you about that, except draw your scene, draw your cafe, draw your little glass covers for your cakes or or the glass cabinet full of lovely buns and whatever's. Um, draw away, draw all the detail you want, wait for people to part and draw between the gaps when and as you get the chance. And then when the time comes to paint, Paint all the bits around the people. Oh, and sorry. And then when you've drawn everything, in come the people and whip out your pen in a different colour. Pink, green, yellow, orange, red, you name it. And draw your people 
And just the outline, swift fluid strokes. Fouday pens are best for that. A Fouday 55 degree nib is the best for strong, swift, expressive strokes. Draw your people, wait for the ink to dry. Don't go back and draw something else and smudge a corner of a lady's pink coat the way I did. Wait for it to dry and then when the time comes to paint, paint between the people. I think it works really well. I mean, you don't have to stick to that hard and fast. You can paint a little bit through the ghosty people, but it works really, really well. And it means you get the best of both worlds. You get the the vibrancy of having humans in your scene. You get to draw people, which, of course, is always great fun. Um, And you get to draw all the cool things that attracted you to drawing that scene in the first place. So, yeah, go for it. Try it. Um, and do let me know. Do let me know how it works for you. Um, And let me know any other little cool things that you might have found worked really well for you in that instance that I haven't thought of. So, um, you know, the, the address is sketchwithroisin at gmail.com. Um, and I would love to hear your input. Patty and I went for our sketching excursion today and we went to McCambridge's just as I had said we would and we had a lovely time. So McCambridge's opened up in Galway 190-something, like a really, really long time ago. Maybe it was 1920-something, but it wasn't today nor was it yesterday. It's been here for a very long time. And the McCambridge family has recently sold it, sold the business and moved on to bigger and brighter pastures, no doubt. And the Musgraves have taken over McCambridge's. Musgraves are, in, as far as I know, a very large retailer and they own lots of businesses. So needless to say, we're all a little, hmm, what are they going to do at McCambridge's? Hmm, don't touch McCambridge's. We went there today and the, the cafe stroke restaurant that has been open in McCambridge's upstairs in McCambridge's for the last, I don't know, eight years, something like that, that has just reopened on a Sunday. And we thought, Paddy and I thought it would be a lovely place to go for a sketch. And up we went. Paddy was very antsy about being it being packed out and he wouldn't get a seat if we didn't get there in time. But we got there in plenty of time and really there weren't very many people upstairs. That's because people haven't heard about it yet. It's only just started opening on Sunday upstairs in the Cambridges. So get the over there. Now, it's a little bit different to what we're used to. It was always bustling with waiters and waitresses and people bringing you all that you could possibly desire and a clamour of voices. But at the moment, they don't have any table service upstairs. So you must buy what you wish to eat and drink downstairs. And that includes paper cups instead of ceramic cups. And it includes hot food without any plates. So you have to bring it up in the little hot, you know, those little silver foil inside hot food wrapper things. And you bring it up and you work away. So it's not the same as it used to be. Um, They apparently would like to reopen it when they get the chefs and so on. So there you go. Perhaps it's just a legacy um, of the pandemic. I'm sure that's that's what it is. Um, And I know that a lot of people are struggling to find staff. So anyway, it's a fabulous location to sketch in. And Paddy and I hummed and hawed, hummed and hawed, had the whole place to take our pick of where we would sit, where it would best be a view to sketch. Um, I was kind of flexible because I could, I'm well used to making something out of, uh, well, out of what I find myself looking at. Um, but it meant a lot to me that Paddy would be happy um, because he hasn't got the, what, 10,000 sketches under his belt that I have. So he's relatively new to this game. And it, as I say, it meant a lot to me that he would be happy. 
But we settled on a view that we both liked and I was happy to choose the same view as Paddy because, well, first of all, it was my first choice anyway. And secondly, I wanted to be able to give him pointers um, as we went along. However, Paddy has turned out to be very confident in his style and in his approach and he didn't want me to give him too many pointers, nor did he need me to do so. So I won't tell you what Paddy did other than to say, that he made a fabulous sketch, really distinctive, and he's really starting to get his own style, which is great. But I'll tell you what I did, and I'll tell you if I can think of anything that's sort of uh, narratable, narratable um, and useful at the same time, then I shall explain that to you. Okay, so what I liked about McCamish's upstairs are the three, well, actually there's four, four lamps hanging over the bar, the food preparation area, the bar area. Um, and they are made out of chimney pots. Um, I don't think they were ever on top of houses because they'd be probably covered in algae and be weathered and so on. They, I don't think they ever saw a, a fire go up them. Maybe they did. I don't know. But there are four in three different styles. So the one, the two at either end, at either either end, are the same, and they're very ornate and they're fab and they're made of terracotta, kind of a heavy terracotta, and they're really fun to sketch. And I noticed, number one, the lights were on. So I wanted to show the glow of the lights. And I've spoken before about getting the glow of a candle. Well, how do you do it? You darken up immediately around the flame. And it's the exact same for doing electric lights. You can leave them completely unpainted if you want. But if you make them dark enough around the area that's that the light is showing, then you can make a slick of yellow, nice clean yellow, onto the area where the the light is. And I left half of it white on each of the little ellipses that were the um, the business bits of the light just to make it even brighter. And it worked really, really well. However, I did have to deepen up the terracotta rim around the um, the opening on the chimney pots that is now a lamp um, very, very much in order to make the light glow. And when the sketch was completely finished, I also had to deepen up around the opening as well, around the lamp bits with um with a 4B pencil, just to really darken up around the bottoms to make the thing look shinier. So I drew away, having a great time, really enjoyed myself, filled both sides of my A5 sketchbook. And I was, it was so strange and so different and so new to be hoping that someone would come in and sit right in front of my view, because I really wanted to try out the the technique with the with the different colour pen, you know, scribbling out the outline of a of a human. But nobody came and nobody came. So as a result, I was able to sketch to almost completion the furniture um, of empty tables and empty chairs that were beside that were beside myself and Paddy where we were sitting. But in the end, a man and a woman came along and I was able to put them in. And I tried to be subtle. I tried to be subtle because, you know, they were enjoying each other's company. Um, And I tried to every time the man sort of looked like he was kind of copying that I was drawing him I would you know because it was obvious we were both drawing but I would just look over to another part of the view somewhat over his shoulder if you like so I don't know if he felt too self-conscious I think he got used to it anyway after a little bit because he was completely ignoring me as was his lady friend so I drew them with a shocking pink fountain pen foodie pen drew them super fast super fast super fast because you know I had everything else painted and everything around them um in a kind of a preliminary layers of colour but I knew that they might sort of up and go take their sandwich elsewhere because as I mentioned they had their paper cups they had their hot sandwich in the wrapper so they could easily have just gone elsewhere so really at the moment it's just a lovely place to take your 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 cup of coffee and your sandwich or your hot food what did Paddy and I have oh we had a spinach and ricotta 
pastry thingies. They were gorgeous. They were really, really nice. Anyway, that's what we had. Um, so I drew the people and then I also drew a table with some um, women nearby and I drew them in pink uh, ink as well. And I thought that that actually worked quite well as well. So that's the second time I've tried my technique of drawing see-through ghostly people in a different colour pen. And I think it looks great. I think it works really well. Now, my dear husband Marcel's comment was, as you would expect, are you going to colour them in, Ro? Uh, I said, uh, no, 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 I like them like that. He said, but you can see through them. They're like ghosts. I said, yes, yes, that's right. That's right. I'm I'm going to leave them like that. I said, I didn't have very long. Um, so I just said I'd do the outline. Oh, OK. I think it looks a bit weird. So there you go. That's that's Marcel's taking it. It might look a bit weird. But I like it. I think it looks great. And more to the point, you feel like uh, you feel kind of relaxed about your sketch, about whether somebody turns up or doesn't turn up. Um, and when they do turn up, you can have fun with your colourful ink. The only thing I would recommend is that you use a colourful ink for the people that's in a good, strong contrast to the ink that you've used for everything else. So say you've drawn brown ink for the rest of your sketch. I wouldn't recommend you use black or grey for your people. I would say use a bright colour. That would be my recommendation. Even if it's yellow or orange or blue or, or turquoise or yeah, something really bright because that kind of looks fun funky as well. So I think it looks really well. Anyway, I did that. And then the only thing I did to enhance the figures, the human figures, was I darkened up the colour, the watercolour, just on the outside of the um, figures. And that I thought that worked quite well because all it did was, you know, put them into a little bit of relief. Um, and I just built up the colour and built up the colour and went on and on and on. Took us forever. But we got there and we had a lovely time. And Paddy bought an exceedingly expensive um, almond and chocolate croissant. I'm going to tell you how much it cost. Three euros fifty five. I think that's bananas. I think it's crazy. I kept saying to Paddy, "You sure it wasn't a mistake?" But uh, it was very nice. Now it was a very very nice almond and in fact chocolate in the middle. So it was an almond and chocolate croissant. But still three euros fifty five. Eye watering. Eye watering. I don't know. Everything's gone up in price. So whatever. So we had a lovely morning. Besides, we were there for like an hour and a half. I'd say at least. So having a coffee and a spinach and ricotta thingy and an almond and chocolate croissant is the least we could do really for the hospitality shown to us by my Cambridges. So that's what we did and it was very fun and there was tables full of um, gaggling girls beside us and I said to Paddy in Irish, which was so stupid, I said to Paddy in Irish, um, do you know that table of girls next to us is, they're literally all talking at the same time and to each other and he said mum why are you talking Irish and I said so they won't understand he said mum they're Irish and I said oh yeah and I said they're probably studying Irish in UCG <laughs> which of course is UG now but uh, yeah so look they didn't hear me they were all talking at the same time at each other six of them seven of them eight of them I said to Paddy what man would marry a woman at all because I'm as bad I'm as bad well here I am on the podcast chatting away so there you go I mean at least those girls had another person to talk at. I have no one. I'm one of my own here. So uh, yeah, there you go. You can't you can't stop a woman chatting. Um, Paddy and I agreed. They sounded like um, I said they sounded like uh, like sort of like chattering monkeys, and he said he thought he thought they sounded like birds, which I thought was quite nice. And then I said they sounded like howler monkeys, which is ridiculous. They didn't sound anything like howler monkeys. Um, and then Patty had another suggestion of a different species of monkey. So it was all very mean and very unkind, but it was just a bunch of women having a lovely time. 
um, in a lovely place. So thank you, McCambridges, for opening up upstairs. Um, and uh, and I'll definitely be back. <laughs> and I won't be rude about the other customers having a lovely time. But you showed us great hospitality and you're all very, very nice. And I look forward to next time. Well, I did tell you about uh, drawing people just with an outline in a brightly coloured pen, but I didn't really tell you exactly how to draw people in a brightly coloured pen or in a dull coloured pen or anything else. So let me just tell you one thing. Okay, your row of people, imagine you've got a queue of people. They're going to be in a row and they're going to follow the rules of perspective. So, for example, if the line of the counter is sloping away from you or if there is a line at the top of the counter that is, let's say, sloping down as it goes away from you, well, people's the tops of people's heads will be falling along that line too. Now, that's not to say they will all be the same height because they won't, but there won't be that much difference in them. So I do the same thing I always do when I'm trying to get my correct position. I use whatever object is near the top of the head. Say, for example, it might be a lamp overlooking the counter or whatever it happens to be. And I'll use that as a reference point for my starting point for the top of the head. I always start with the top of the head. I use my beautiful Fude 55 degree nib to get the lovely loose fluid shape of the hair. Then they're usually got, they've usually got their back to me, so I'll put in their ear. And I'll put in their forehead and the line of their cheekbone and their chin, their cheek, their chin. Sorry, couldn't remember what that thing is called. It's called a chin. Their cheekbone and their chin. And then they'll either have a bare neck or perhaps a hoodie, a hood attached or a scarf or a coat or all kinds of things. But it's your job to quickly draw the outline. And it's really freeing, I have to say, to just draw on top of whatever you've drawn a minute earlier. It's really freeing. It feels like you're already on a sort of a mucky canvas and you're just drawing some more mess on top of that. That's what I find anyway. So I definitely recommend you give it a go. And the fact that you've already got this stuff drawn in around it, it gives you loads of reference points to say, oh, this is where I put this line and this is where I put this line and so on. And, you know, I did a funny thing today. I had a table with two chairs uh, pushed in against it with nobody at it, painted them fully, and then when the man and the woman came in to have their sandwiches and the cup of coffee, I mentioned them earlier, the man pulled the chair out to sit down. Of course he did. So I redrew the chair, but I drew it in the pink ink like I drew the man. And it just was right on top of the existing chair, if that makes sense. Um, but it was in pink as opposed to chair colour. And it was just an outline as opposed to fully painted. So I like that kind of an idea of... Now you see it, now you don't, which is the essence of urban sketching. I really love that. And by drawing things on top of each other like that, you are telling the viewer that what you are in fact recording is somewhere between a movie and a photo, if you see what I mean. Because it's not a still, like you have with a photo, that's just one moment, trapped forever, nor is it a moving picture, okay? So in the same way as I like to give people more than one arm, if they're doing something with the arm, well, I like to do or make them appear twice in the same 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 scene if they've moved and moved back again. Well, it's the same sort of thing I like to draw on top of it. So this is a whole new area I'm exploring and I think it's got loads of potential. I think it does. I think it really does. And I'm going to fill up some different pens with some different coloured inks and see what happens. But so far, 
it's working really well. I wouldn't draw my people in all different colours. I wouldn't do that. I would just stick with one colour ink. And I definitely recommend drawing the whole thing, drawing the people on top and then painting in the background behind the people. I definitely recommend that. Or if you do paint the foreground and then put the people on afterwards, don't paint them fully with all their shading and all that kind of stuff. So there you go. That's my um, that's my little tips. Hair, face, eyes, nose, mouth, chin, hand, hoodie, jumper, coat, legs, legs under the table, whatever, wherever they happen to be. So start at the top and work your way down and keep an eye on your proportions and your positions of each of your shapes as you go. And you shouldn't go too far wrong. And don't catch the rye. That's embarrassing. There's something I feel really strongly about when it comes to art. And that is everybody's opportunity to have a creative playground. And I told you a few weeks ago all about my efforts with Inktober um, and how, how, how much fun I had. I started off making um, single, I don't know, single picture cartoons and they evolved as the weeks went by into stories with a beginning, a middle and, the, and an end over the course of four little panels. And I was so pleased with myself. Again, I've probably mentioned this before, but I was so pleased with myself. I did every, oh, I did a cartoon for every day of the month, except for I think it was day 10 when I just drew a blank or maybe day 11. Um, and I did luckily. Um, well, not luckily. My daughter was ill. That wasn't lucky at all. She had COVID. But I um, I drew a cartoon for her to cheer her up. And that happened to be on the day that uh, that I didn't get any inspiration from Inktober. Anyway, I finished every single day in the month, including that one, and I decided to go ahead and have them printed as a little booklet. And I have done so and I have got them in my hot little hand and I'm very pleased with the result. And they were very expensive. And I was given a quote, would you believe, after the printer did the proof. It was my fault. I should have insisted before he'd done a proof. But after he went to a lot of trouble making the proof and I don't know what else, and I suppose establishing a relationship with me, only then did he give me um, a quote and uh, it was very expensive. But still, you know, I'm very glad to have them. And uh, and I know that the prices of lots of things have gone through the roof. So um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to support a local printer as well. Because, you know, if you don't support the local printer, they won't be there any longer. So um, but not even that. It's just nice to keep the money local. And I am very happy with the job. They did a wonderful job and I'm really pleased. And I already have a few copies of my little book, my little comic book, Inktober, in envelopes, stamped and addressed, waiting to go into the post tomorrow morning to a few unsuspecting people who have no idea what a little frivolous piece of ridiculousness is winging its way over to them. And this brings me on to something else which I want to tell you about. Well, just to finish off about Inktober, the reason it was so fun for me was, and the reason it was so much of a creative playground where I could do anything at all is because I had no paymaster. I had nobody looking over my shoulder. I had nobody telling me that's right and that's wrong. But I did have the structure of a prompt, a daily prompt, and a time, a limited time period, 31 days. After that, it would be over. So the end was always, um, it was always in sight. It was never too far away. So it was very much a creative playground. And I would like to tell you about another creative playground that I highly recommend you try. There is a website. It used to be called They Draw and Cook, but now it has been changed to They Draw. And it's been many years since I visited They Draw and Cook, so I don't know when they changed it to They Draw. But you can draw a recipe 
you can illustrate a recipe, anything at all. And you can, as long as you obey the dimensions of the of the recipe uh, dimension guidelines, which is basically, I suppose, is it two A4 sheets side by side? No, it's not quite that wide. It's about one and a half landscape versions of A4. So as long as you obey the dimensions, you can do whatever you like. And I mean anything at all. And in fact, years ago, I actually bought the book that they used to produce uh, once a year. Or I don't know if they still do it, but they I bought the book they had. They draw and cook. It was a beautiful book. I can't for the life of me find it. I have a horrible feeling I might have gotten rid of it, which would be a real shame because it was a beautiful book. My favourite recipe, there were two of my favourite recipes and they were the simplest by far. One of them was a recipe for H2O. It was a recipe for water and it was a big glass of water drawn in the middle of the page and it had two little hydrogens on one side, two little hydrogen atoms and one little oxygen atom on the other side of the glass and they came together in the glass and they produced water. It was super simple and super clever and I don't think there was any text at all. It was just H2O. And the other one I loved was called beetrooty yogurty thingamajig and it was just a very simple childish sort of a drawing of some purple beetroot and a bowl of some white yogurt and then a bowl of some pale pink beetrooty yogurty thingamajig and that was it and there was a bit of a plus sign somewhere and there was a little bit of an equal sign somewhere and that was the sum total so that's the kind of creativity I absolutely admire and adore. I think it's fantastic. And again, nobody's watching you. You could have a little mouse doing all the cooking. You could invent a red-headed ant and she could be all the cooking. And believe me, I have done both of those things. You could have some polka dot chickens doing the cooking and I have done that too. You can do anything you want. You can do anything you want. All that matters is that somebody would be able to follow the recipe. I suppose they'd be able to follow a recipe for water if Okay, I'm going to stop right there because I have no idea how water, how hydrogen and oxygen comes together to make water. Big bang? Am I I on the right tracks? I don't know. But anyway, there you go. That's your recipe for water should you decide to give it a try one day. So it's a wonderful thing to do to make one of these recipes. It's so fun. Um, And welcome my wonderful members. I have a new membership programme, as you may have heard. I just tell you quickly what my membership entails because I haven't really spoken about it anywhere. There are two tiers at the moment. I'm thinking of adding a very exciting third, but there are two tiers at the moment for 20 euros a month. Well, 19.99 to be precise. For 19.99 a month, you get access to all the live classes. That's eight a month. And you get 20% off all the archived classes. And for the deluxe membership, which is 30 euros a month, you get access to all the live classes and access to the entire archive of classes for nothing. It's included in your membership. So those are the two tiers that you might be interested in trying out one of the days. You can cancel any time. It goes without saying. And I don't know if cancellation is easy, but I will make inquiries and find out if it is because we all hate membership programs that are difficult to cancel. But anyway, I want to welcome my lovely members who all joined on the day 
that I made it available and it was very exciting and very gratifying for me to be honoured in this way, to be trusted by these wonderful students who have been coming to me sometimes for just a very short time and sometimes for a very long time, ever since the beginning. And I love them all. They're all fabulous and I'm so honoured. Um, and I decided to put on a little fun class just to say howdy to them all and to pass on this idea of the creative playground. So what, what I did was I solicited recipes from my people and they sent in ideas. And the one I chose was kind of a beetroot burger. It was very simple, very, very easy. Just involved grating a load of beetroots, mixing them with some eggs and some. Actually, there's no eggs, I don't think. Just mixing them with some lemon juice and some spring onions and some breadcrumbs and something else which I can't remember um nope even though I've drawn it can't remember it's gone oh some mint some chopped mint I remember that bit and you make them into patties and you put them in the oven and they sound absolutely gorgeous and I'm sure so healthy but we what I did in the class was I basically did it from scratch with the guys in the class there was nothing pre-decided or pre-designed so I showed the guys how I would take anything like that, the ingredients, decide on the dominant colours. So in this case, it was the deep magenta purpley colour of the beetroot. And it was the bright green of the mint leaves, the bright green of the spring onions, um, the bright green of the leaves on the beetroot. And then there was something else pink. What was it? Oh, uh, for some strange reason, I drew a little mouse starting to do the cooking. I didn't get very far with the mouse, but anyway. Um, so I introduced a tiny little bit of pink for the mouse as well. Oh, yeah, I know there was cheddar cheese and there was parmesan in it as well. And feta, there was feta crumbled up into the into the burgers. So that also tied down the colours. The little sandy golden colour of the parmesan was brought out in the uh, in the mouse and in the breadcrumbs. So I spoke about how you choose a few colours, um, one or two, three, maybe max. And then you repeat those colours in your recipe and I was lucky enough to have the shocking pink in my pen in my foodie pen my diatramentous document ink in fuchsia which I'm getting very fond of strangely who'd have thought that shocking pink ink in a pen would prove to be so useful but I am finding it very useful anyway we drew that recipe and they all drew it as well and really rather than copy the recipe or make the beetroot burgers because a lot of them said they don't like beetroot but it wasn't really that so much of it was about how to brainstorm given the elements that you have. So the elements that you have are your recipe, your ingredients, the colours of those, and then just really think about how to how best to present them. Um, I had a look at some of the recipes that are on They Draw and Cook, or They Draw, as it is nowadays. Uh, and there was another one for cookie, chocolate chip cookies. And it was so creative. It was, it's hard to describe. You'd have to punch in chocolate chip cookies and see what comes up into the website it is hard to describe but it was sort of made as if it was just two colors chocolate chip color and a creamy white color I suppose for dough and it was done as if the 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 dough was rolled out on a board and then as if cookie cutters had cut out cookie shapes and then the the the, the method was drawn inside the little holes made by the cookie cutters. So that's really, really creative. I was super impressed with that. I thought it looked like great fun. The only criticism I would make is that there seems to be far more things drawn with an iPad than hand done now, especially the the font and the typeface. But I do understand why people do that. I do understand. And if I was any good at my iPad, I'd probably do that too. But uh, for me, I'm very analogue. I feel you can't beat 
um, the feel of a pen on paper. But as I say, that's because I really don't know what to do with my iPad. <laughs> so I um, actually I've sent it off with Paddy um, for him to play with for the week. So I'm Paddy being Paddy will he'll probably show me how to use it when we're next together. So I highly recommend you go and have some fun. Oh, and don't forget that you can make gifts out of illustrated recipes, make a beautiful Christmas card. Wouldn't that be lovely? A big A5 Christmas card with with a recipe for, I don't know, some kind of gingerbread cookies or something like that. Wouldn't that be really, really nice? Um, Yeah, I think that's a really nice idea. I might do that myself, actually. Um, the site is run by a brother and sister team called Sally Swindle and her brother Nate Padovic. So I think that's how you pronounce his name, Padovic, maybe Padovic, I'm not sure. But they do a beautiful job and you can also draw maps there. So that's probably why they drop the they cook bit, they draw and cook. It's a great fun, it's a great fun place to visit. And I really recommend an artistic playground where there are no paymasters, nobody looking over your shoulder, no deadline, just you and your colours having some fun with some nice tight parameters, i.e. a recipe or a map or something like that. And don't be slow to look through the offerings that other people have put there because they're very inspiring. But it really is a great way to practice your thing and see what comes out and enjoy it. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Sketch Therapist. It's been a little shorter than usual. Um, I think I might be running out of a little bit of steam and I might need a little break. Um, <laughs> I probably won't, you know, I'll probably bounce back with a vengeance um, next week when it comes to re- recording next week's episode. But um, it is the beginning of winter and we're all beginning to slow down a little bit and start hibernating. I've taken away the um the miniature pumpkins from my table in my dining room and I've replaced them with my lovely silver antler candlesticks. So it's not quite Christmassy decorations yet, but it is um it is no longer Halloweeny. It's into the next season. It's the wintry bit of the year. Um and it's okay. It's okay. The house is cozy, it's warm, we're not doing too badly and I'm doing lots of tidying, which is always a nice thing to do at this time of year. I would like to tell you that my books, An Urban Sketches Galway and Dublin in Sketches and Stories, they make the most wonderful Christmas presents. Um, I have very lovely reviews on Amazon written by very lovely people um, and I really appreciate and value those reviews. You have no idea how much it means to me to have a little sneaky read on Amazon and see the lovely things that people say. So if you're one of those lovely people who have written me lovely reviews, I love you for it. Thank you so much. It means so much. It really does. Meanwhile, if you haven't bought somebody a Christmas present yet, which I'm sure you have not, and you would like to buy them a fabulous book about Dublin or about Galway, then I suggest you come over to my website or I have to add any good bookshop in Ireland or the usual places. But come to me. If you come to me, I'll draw you a lovely little doodle on the front cover, on the front inside page. I will do that for you. And of course, I will dedicate it if you want me to as well. I'll do anything you like. But uh, yeah, you'll get a lovely little drawing coloured, coloured by me. So that's an Urban Sketches Galway and um, Dublin in Sketches and Stories. And of course, for the artist in your life, there's drawing expressive people. And for the absolutely lunatic person in your life, there is Inktober, a collection of 
cartoons from the month of October <laughs> written and drawn by Roisin Curie. And I think, what am I going to charge for that? I might, I, I charge, I charge a seven euros, seven euros anywhere in the world, uh, postage paid. And uh, it's a very marvellous booklet, beautifully published and produced here in Galway. So uh, if you want to, uh, I haven't put it up my website yet, but but I will do. I'll, I'll put it up there for the for the for the slightly um, offbeat cartoon loving person in your life who who is into artificial intelligence because that's where the prompts came from. Um, and some of them are a bit daft. They're a bit daft, but I had a great time doing it, and I hope you enjoy it too. So I leave it at that. I will leave it at that, and I want you to. I want you to enjoy yourself sketching. Don't forget to stay warm and dry. So sketching cafes, you'll be very, very welcomed. And um, don't forget to put those people on in a ghostly fashion with a colourful pen because it works really, really well. So um, so I will, I will say um, adieu and I wish you, as always, happy sketching. Mm-hmm.